0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy for surely your reward is great in heaven for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets but woe to you who are rich for you have received your consolation woe to you who are full now for you will be hungry woe to you who are laughing now for you will mourn and weep woe to you when all speak well of you for that is when their ancestors or for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The gospel of the Lord. grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The virtues of Christianity I think are pretty obvious, uh, as are the vices uh, that Christians are supposed to avoid. Now that isn't say that the uh, virtues are easy to practice or the vices are easy to avoid. Only that the casual observer even of Christianity could pretty much make the case for what a Christian life should look like. You know, Christians ought to obey the law and be kind uh, and uh, give others the benefit of the doubt and be generous, whereas they should also avoid drunkenness or violence or theft and unfaithfulness. None of that would be really news to anyone. But there are other dimensions, perhaps more subtle and even more destructive dimensions to Christian character that are not as frequently addressed. And since this is All Saints Sunday, and the descriptive and challenging Sermon on the Mount is before us, Luke's Beatitudes, I want to take a look at one of those destructive tendencies that maybe is not as obvious as theft or murder or lying. While subtle it definitely plagues our time and can lead us down a path of hopelessness. And I am speaking here of cynicism. It's been said of Jesus that in him you can see the entire range of human emotion and experience. Uh, He's often sort of uh, depicted as a one-dimensional person with a flat affect. You know, he's just a passive kind, merciful person. Uh, But in fact, we see in Jesus a a tender-hearted, but a fierce defender of the truth. That should come as no surprise. He is truth, so he defends truth. And in him we see righteous indignation. We see compassion. We see mercy. We see sorrow and even more. We even see humor uh, on occasion and what you might call uh, jesting or ribbing. Uh, or teasing even of his own disciples. But one thing you never see is cynicism. You know, he never says, oh, those group of people, you know, you can never, those people, nothing good ever comes out of those people. Uh, Jesus is always hopeful, right? He never looks at anyone as just a totally hopeless case. And he never uses, which is really the definitive quality of cynicism, he never uses a person's weaknesses against them. Now, it might be an advantage that Jesus is God and he has full confidence that God is going to redeem all things. Uh, And yet even Jesus says, you know, he does not know when the second coming will be. And even Jesus struggles with the uh, crucifixion that he cannot avoid. So I don't think it's like cynicism is a a possible emotion uh, or conclusion for him to come to. It's just that in his righteousness, he never embraces cynicism. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, yeah, but people back then, you know, they weren't cynical. That wasn't a problem for them. Life was much simpler. It's only in our modern times that we have grown to be so cynical with all the evidence of history behind us and whatnot. But actually, cynicism, with a capital C, was a school of philosophy, Uh, that predated Jesus by several hundred years. In fact, during Jesus' lifetime, it was making quite a comeback. Greek cynics were known as men who would take extreme vows of poverty in an effort to detach themselves from the things of the world. In fact, there's a thread of that that's sort of, you know, you see in Jesus' own teachings. You know, there is a danger to attaching yourself to things in the world. One of the most famous cynics was a guy who lived in a clay barrel. like a a gigantic clay tube, Uh, and that was his house. He essentially lived on the streets, begged for everything, and, and that was how he lived out his cynicism. Their philosophy was marked by indifference and shamelessness. Indifference and shamelessness. I mean, a lot of people who have those qualities, you see it in flippancy. That's one of the hallmarks of our age. Indifference and shamelessness. They could not and would not be shamed for living as vagabonds with no attachments or loyalties. In fact, it became a mark of pride. But what may have begun then as this heroic effort to model uh, you know, personal virtue eventually became a judgment against everyone else who didn't share their values. right? So they detached themselves from all physical uh, luxuries, uh, and then they viewed others who didn't do the same essentially as weak weak in character, they began to see people who refused to live as simply as they did as inherently craven, unable to show restraint, unable to live modestly. So over time, the philosophy and the people who practiced it became cynical, right? They, they started just assuming the worst in other people. In fact, it really just became another v- form of, of self-righteousness. Right, you know We're the ones who are living the right way, and everyone else is, is terrible. Now, the cynic today, the way we use the phrase, is someone who not only assumes the worst in others, that's fairly easy to fall into, but they'll use the worst in other people to their own advantage. That's what cynicism really is. You see, it's one thing to recognize man's fallenness. Okay, Christians do that. Uh, Christians, of course... Uh, recognize it, but then we seek to elevate man above and beyond his fallenness through repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation. That's why Christianity, it's not just about your personal uh, sin and forgiveness, and and etc., but this is a process by which we can, as a civilization, actually live together in harmony because there is a way we can be forgiven of our sin we, we burst the bonds of cynicism. We, we work towards re- reconciliation, right? We want to see every man and woman overcome the fall into sin uh, by trusting in Christ and becoming people of hope. That is our aim. We want to see the employment of God's law for the building up of a fair and just society. One that honors women and children. One that keeps holy things holy, one that cares for our neighbor, Jesus says in the Beatitudes, uh, do for others as you would do for yourself. The cynic is evil because they understand the fallen nature of man's reality and then they look to exploit it. Far from removing man from his state, it becomes a useful depravity. Some examples the lottery. I oppose all gambling. I think it's all cynical. Sorry to those of you who are playing FanDuel today on your phone as you're watching the football games, right? But all who offer gambling know that man in his fallen state will fall prey to games of chance. But, and this is what's so cynical about it, in the name of education or better roads or a brighter future, cynical politicians will hoist it on us none the less. A lot of advertising is cynical. Uh, It appeals to our desire to be beautiful or to be well-liked or to have nice new things, even those things we can't afford, or to be served by others. Surely those doing the advertising know that their product can't actually produce everything that they're promising, Uh, and that's what makes it cynical. In fact, we are just joking uh, watching all these pharmaceutical ads uh, during the World Series. You can't even tell what the product is anymore. They're all lifestyle ads. People at the beach, people at the picnic, people playing frisbee, people skiing a mountain or whatever it may be. Now, it's the lifestyle that is afforded through the product. Appealing to patriotism can be cynical. Uh, In the name of national success, we are sold war taxes, or a loss of freedom. Those in the propaganda business know that their wars and taxes and control have nothing to do actually with patriotism or love of country. But because they use our values against us, in this case a perfectly good value, it is they who are being cynical. So many other examples could be used, and they're often found in political Narratives, because that's often where culture uh, and power really meet. But cynicism is truly a repulsive hallmark of our age because it breeds helplessness and hopelessness, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. All right, when people expect the worst, uh, you might be shocked to learn what normally follows. Appealing to our fallen nature, too, it's it's much easier, much easier than helping one another overcome our sin. And to be clear, cynicism is different from skepticism, which, you know, isn't always an unhealthy way to look at things, and pessimism, you know, which might sometimes be the only option we've got before us. Uh, Cynicism really is the ugly baby of uh, skepticism and pessimism. And Christians are to be shrewd. We're told that in other parables. So it's not like I'm advocating some kind of blind naivete uh, or willful ignorance as a solution to cynicism. No. The solution is found in the teachings of Jesus, teachings which describe the disposition and the character of saints. I should say the teachings of Paul as well, because what does Paul say in that famous chapter in 1 Corinthians Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus says that those who are poor and hungry and weeping will be blessed. Jesus does not use the sins of others against them, but rather he calls people to virtuous living, to be willing to bear the costs of doing the right thing, of suffering for a good cause. And he does not say this so that he can benefit from their suffering, but so that they will be blessed. There is a blessing in doing what is right. And those who have amassed wealth, often through cynical means or ways, those who laugh at others, they will weep. Their cynicism will not win the day. Jesus says, woes to those who have exploited and used the best in others, either their hopes or their negativity. Those, uh, and from who, uh, who, expecting the worst, have used others for their own gain. On All Saints Sunday, we remember the kind of life that a saint lives, and it is utterly positive. It is a rebuke to cynicism. And when we say saint, of course, we're not talking the old way that, you know, the person on the icon. We're using it the way Paul uses it, right? A saint is one who follows Christ, one who claims that Christ is Lord. A saint is content with what he has. A saint is willing to suffer for what is right. A saint is willing to accept the scorn of the world. Uh, A saint is ever hopeful never succumbing to the belief that all is lost. The future is destined to be dystopian or that there's no way out of the mess that we're in. And a saint never uses the hopes or weaknesses of another person against them, but rather always seeks to build them up, to help them, to help them achieve their best. And when a saint dies... They go to be with Christ because they hoped in Christ. They patiently waited for Christ to redeem all things which he said that he would do. They did not use and abuse their neighbors. And so today we celebrate those who are now in the arms of Christ and those who know that Jesus always wants what is best for all. And what is best is total trust and hope in Him. Amen.